0: 10. Wrestling headlines, NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, A.K.A. Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description, or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. Fingers crossed, the likes not too bad. They don't just sit there five minutes, just imp fiddling with his beard. I grew it for november and I thought, yeah, well, I've been locked down. Why not? Why not try it? And uh, I always, oh, I've always been someone to trim it. I've never liked my beard long, and now it's too long. <laughs> Isn't it? And it only dawned on me yesterday. said, so, oh yeah, it's not November anymore. I can I can trim it now. <laughs> so uh, currently, imp has a bushy beard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he keeps playing with it, and that's why I cut it because I, I I keep playing with it. I can't be trusted with a big beard. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you? Yeah, I'm a bit fatigued today. So we'll see how this goes. The go home show for War Games. A quick TLDR review. The show felt very nothing to me, uh, but at least the main event had something. Uh, incredibly inconsequential in comparison to AEW. Uh, the numbers came out just before I went live, thank god these are taking ages. Like Normally I'm um, it's all settled, Like I set, I'm setting up the show, it's all there, I don't have to worry about anything. This week, is like, hmm, are they going to be there? <laughs> they, they dropped just in time. So AEW up into the 900,000s and NXT all the way down in the six hundred thousands, aka the same audience as normal. But the big jump was in the eighteen to forty, whatever it is, demographic, where there was a massive gap between them and uh, NXT AW and NXT in terms of those points. So, again, it's a certain demo keeping NXT alive, which is uh, no long term, not great. That said, the demo which are watching AW or the one more likely to shift to the other platforms, not TV, but Still, like, long term, if you're not grabbing that younger audience, you're in. Or cause it's a big bracket as well, eighty to forty. Like in terms of like the way different generations are split, you've got two or three generations in there. As in, you're going to have whatever was before millennial, <laughs> millennial, and whatever it is now two ties It Gen Z and Gen X, barely two. So they're all in there in that kind of bracket as well. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, we're drifting away. <laughs> Point being that NXT uh, did not—it's like they uh, knew they had no chance against the Winter's Coming stuff. A massive main event that set up an interesting inter-promotional relationship between AW and Impact Wrestling, which is, seems to—and then one of the questions to Triple H, who's just done a media call as well. There's been so many things that have to, really the most exciting stuff to do with this week's NXT episode weren't on the episode <laughs> as in it's seeing what what a w put on this amazing show or triple h on his media call what was he saying before he went live and the thing that seems to be ripped apart by the uh they call it the online twitter people. Oh, twitter people just the different places not just twitter it was that one of the questions triple h answered was about whether wwe would be willing to work with other promotions and triple h essentially said that they're open for business And uh, the the media calls available on all the investing news websites, if you care. Point being, he got ripped apart for saying WWE are open for business if they think the relationship is right. But then you look at the evidence of that, and it's more like they feed to you rather than really have a massive benefit. The closest would be in the UK, I guess. But of course, that's really difficult to measure because it just so happened when they got their biggest promotion, there was the... Obviously, there was the, uh, there was this, uh, the sex scandal stuff, and then there was the uh, you know, pandemic at the same time as well, meaning that, uh, how do you measure the success of it? Like, no one's been able to go into any shows. It seems to be doing quite well. Uh, who knows now? But yeah, those two things are speaking out on the pandemic. Yeah, th- like, how do you measure it? And the other one, the uh, American companies, like, Evolve has devolved. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't exactly call that working with to directly benefit a company because uh and this this looks like a working relationship as in it's not a we are going to allow you into our conglomerate it's more we want to work with you and help promote each other which is a that's on the aw side so when triple h said that my point just there seemed to get echoed quite a bit just bringing up the actual evidence of recent times when they've worked in in quotations with different companies it's like we are Giving you this amazing opportunity to be within our amazing presence, isn't that fantastic? Whilst the AEW side seems to be let's just lift up, up wrestling as in as a whole, we'll acknowledge you as a separate promotion, not a WWE conglomerate thing. So yeah, of course AEW conglomerate thing, <laughs> switching it about. But yeah, so uh, that was the big news really. Those two pieces of things together. AEW destroyed NXT this week. I say destroyed. But yeah, uh, uh, Site Council likes the background. Yes, uh, awesome to see you do here, uh, yeah, Site Council. I uh, will warn you, I did a three hour stream of Among Us today, so I'm extremely fatigued. <laughs> I'm so out of it. Uh, I'll watch some of it back and see. I, I don't know the dynamic of it because I was so busy trying to keep everything rolling that people were calling me out on Among Us. for like, oh, uh, why don't you just stand there and then this thing happens? Like, I've got so many windows open. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. Anyway, anyway, yes, uh, the background, yes. What, what is the background this week? It is Marcelo. Oh, it's the tag team match. Marcelo and them pointing at each other, but it works just perfectly with them poking out of either either picture <laughs> that I've got on the screen. So, yeah. I was really proud of the to that one. Anyway, let's talk about the main event. I've called this episode about Io Shirai joining the team Shotzi. That's why they call themselves. Uh, mostly because, like, the what I said at the start of this show, nothing happened... This show is incredibly inconsequential, especially as I watched AEW first. Normally, I watch NXT and then fit in AEW if I can and most times I fail. But this week, I was like, no, I'm watching AEW first. I'm really excited to watch that show. Then I'm going to be jumping into NXT. And when I put on NXT afterwards, I was like, Pff, like in comparison, this show is nothing. <laughs> as in, I was getting nothing out of that show until the main event. Uh, it was, And that's pretty, for me, when that's your final show before the takeover... I'm not even kidding. Until this NXT, I didn't even know (laughs) that NXT Takeover was this Sunday. I generally didn't. I've got TLC in my mind, and I'm trying to like figure that in into the schedule. And Takeover, I was just like, in terms of me managing fatigue levels, which as a European fan uh, covering WWE, managing those fatigue levels is extremely like it's a massive part of it because your body clock just gets completely thrown out of whack any time you're up super late, as I call it. Because for me, this is a late night. It's not a super late night. For example, I'm not going to bed as the sun's rising. <laughs> it's still dark. It's, it's late, but it's still dark when I'm going to bed. So, uh, But whenever I do a super late night for a pay per view or takeover or whatnot, like, you have to f- like figure out stuff just because it's you know you're going to be out of whack. What's going to happen, that sort of thing. And takeover, like, finding out today is like, mm Well, I might not be covering Takeover live then. <laughs> I've shot over a message to a couple of people that says, like, ask for possible help <laughs> but we'll see if that happens but yeah so yes for me that's about for, in terms of i knew they were building two war games obviously it's impossible to miss that but in terms of when the actual show was i didn't know till this episode i don't think they s- said on the show when it was so unless you search for yourself unless i'm being stupid and i just like zoned out and i went to write stuff instead of looking at the screen or whatever <laughs> stop paying attention or whatever i do do that that's that's one caveat i have to put on these reviews That I, because I'm making notes, I've got just over a thousand words for this show tonight. When I'm making notes, that means I miss stuff, because I've got to go do that. So it happens every now and then. But, I will say the main event was great, got me excited. Uh, Every single week, uh, and this statement stays, and even, again, Triple H said it on the conference call, or not after the conference? Sc- oh, no, he did. He said it. He said that. Okay, this is where it gets complicated, English sentence-wise. He said at the conference call that he said after the NXT show. There we go. It's because he said that he said. <laughs> That's why my brain just tripped over itself. Uh, but yeah, so he said that he said after NXT finished, like no one can touch our NXT women's division. They are on such a different level. They are incredible. There, The whole division is badass. To which I wholeheartedly agree. I say it every single week. I do this review. And I, I cover the Raw review. As I just said, I'll, I watched AEW first this week. I cover NXT on here as well. I'll catch SmackDown when I can. For me, the NXT Women's Division is my favourite. It's the strongest. I'll, I mean, maybe I'd have a different opinion on impact, with Impact Wrestling if I had time to watch it, which it sounds like I'm going to have to try and do next week. Like, normally Wednesday's my day off. <laughs> I, I recover from the Raw review. I don't. I have one day off in the middle of the week <laughs> from this stuff. Uh, but yeah, with... Um, it was, for me they are the strongest women's division right now in American wrestling so I get when I'm watching this I'm like yeah I got the same feeling this week and yes I got the main event ladder match but it's the same thing where my statement from I think it was last week or maybe the week before where I was saying the even when it's a subpar NXT or if it's an NXT that's just building and I wouldn't exactly call it subpar but it's doing long term booking so it's not you know a crazy show or anything it's laying the groundwork for later even in those weeks, the women stand out. Like every single week, they—they they really do. Like it's an incredible roster, and uh, yeah, I agree with the chat. Yeah, we're like the women's NXT right now. They have a greater impact, and it's—it's it's so awesome to see. And that they are the only match I'm looking forward to. I say, I mean, the war games matches are fun. The men's will also be fun, but I'm genuinely looking forward to the women's. Not, don't really care about the NA match, really don't care about Grimes versus Loomis. Uh, what else is on that card? There's no Finn Balor match, there's there is a Tarasso Champa versus Timothy Thatcher, which for me feels like a strong NXT TV match. Maybe not a TakeOver match. In terms of like, would it be like really exciting to watch or anything? And then there's the two War Games matches. And the men's one, I think Pat is amazing, Pat and his merry men, love them. <laughs> They're great. The picture of Pat I've got on here today. It's like he's doing some really crappy stand up routine. I love it. <laughs> it made me laugh so much when I cut out everybody else and just put him on the side, and go, ha. <laughs> it really made me laugh. But the. I'm going to regret doing that noise. <laughs> but the whole the of whole his division in NXT is on such a great level. And they are the one thing I'm looking forward to this Sunday. Don't know if I'm watching live because again, managing fatigue levels and thinking of TLC and Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas season. I can't be up <laughs> so late. Like, it's end of year stuff, which, although like anybody who writes for does anything for any website knows, like this December, when it hits December and you have got your end of year stuff to do. Like shit gets hectic. <laughs> it gets so uh, problems to swear on YouTube very well. But the like it gets so hectic that you just. Like you have to really try and figure out and manage, and uh, the product at the end of it is always great, it's always fantastic. You always have such a great time reminiscing, but you're also bloody knackered <laughs> because you've had to write or do special shows or whatever. So many of them, uh, so yeah. And in my case, maybe try and come up with stuff for the Christmas period when I'm not going to be able to do these shows for those like one or two week periods at the end of the year, but yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so but take so TakeOver falls into that hole a little bit so my point my point I'm making is I don't particularly think they've done that grand a job of building War Games because I didn't know it was even this Sunday till this show I'm only really looking forward to one match but I can at least accept they've built both War Games matches p- pretty identically well I guess in a way it's just that Women's Division really lends itself whilst it's more like a un, the Undisputed Era story at War Games I guess so it's a nice wrap up rather than a oh I'm apt to see this I'm apt to see the Women's Match it's the only one on the show, though. So yeah, and NXT itself seems to fall a little bit. It's, it's, I guess it's an issue I've had with main roster stuff, where outside the main event, a lot of it feels inconsequential. Uh, my complaint with Raw this week was that it was a lot of repeat stuff we've already seen. So why do wanna, why'd I want to? Why I it again? And this week, the main event was literally a, a another ladder match after last week's ladder match. And I know it's the what is the way they're doing it with the War Games is way that. You choose who the last person's going to be. You have this big dangerous ladder match, and it really gets everybody hyped. And you've got a great way for people to interfere and stuff because it's no DQ. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, only issue is they did Halloween Havoc, where they had a, essentially main events with the TLC match. And then two weeks later, you had a ladder match. And the week after that, you had another ladder match. So within the span of a month, you've had three ladder matches. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, our third match with folk climbing ladders in four or five weeks, like, I hope to never see the one again. A like, kid, I'll always love the ladder match. But like, come on lads, it's a bit much. <laughs> it's just and That's a massive issue with WWE as a whole, which directly is right there in NXT. You've had three ladder matches in four or five weeks. Like, is no one <laughs> just bringing that up? Um, yeah. And that's my only really, that's really really snag. Is we've now seen three, and this and watching this match, I was like, I do not want to see one now for a long time because I've watched three in this short period. <laughs> it's just, just don't give it me again. Anyway, but both teams' members were hype on the balcony in the crowd once again as Raquel Gonzalez faced black Blackheart in the main event, with the winner getting the War Games advantage at Takeover War Games. And uh, Gonzalez is. I can't say that. Gonzalez's <laughs> incredible strength once again on real display, almost effortlessly. I can't speak today. Launching the smaller lass about. Shotzi really having to improvise, doing exactly that as she used the ringside cage to her advantage, kicking Mama Cool off before coffin dropping onto the lass. Uh, crazy Shotzi with a running sent onto the corner as Gonzalez's face was like, lying face first onto the ladder in the corner, uh, which was draped across Brett's rope, uh, followed up by a senton to the outside as Blackheart landed rough on the mat outside. Uh, Indy Hartwell brought a ladder to help the heels down from their podium, uh, but Ripley and Moon also made their way, way down on their own ladder. Uh, chaos up inside as Hartwell set up a ladder in the ring with the whole distraction happening inside with everybody. Shotzi brought her down, but it gave Raquel enough time to recover and larry uh, the babyface down. Uh, climbing the ladder all by herself. Gonzalez. What did, you, did you think? Gonzales was... Hit? <laughs> I don't think of a better way to put that. Uh, Gonzalez was locked down by a springboarding Io Shirai. There we go. Huzzah! One of my calls from last week because I gave two calls. Either Io Shirai or Mercedes Martinez. And it's the champion! Yeah, the beating up from last week was enough motivation for her to jump into the match. A big old moonsault to the whole crowd at ringside. Suddenly it's now Shotzi in the ring by herself, climbs the ladder, takes down the briefcase. The goodies with the rare war games advantage this Sunday. And yeah, because normally it's the baddies, like every year the baddies get the advantage, but he come up with new creative ways for that to happen. This year, no, it's the baby faces that get that final participant announced in the match in Shirai. They all pose on the ladder afterwards and he got that rare good goody advantage in it. The baddies rocked by the fourth member in Io Shirai's arrival, and he just watched them all pose. He got the heels, like, snaring at them, like, Arr. he got the baby faces posing on the ladder, like, yeah, we're badass baby faces. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, this is such a stacked match. And after I wrote that down, like, of course, later in the day, I heard Triple H bragging about the women's division, and I'm just like, well, yeah, I had such a positive reaction to it. And um, I feel like I can say that after quant- quantifying that, I enjoyed AW's show this week infinitely more than NXT aside from the main event nothing grabbed me on the show didn't care it just felt so nothing (laughs) after the entirety of Dynamite I was just so in to every single segment on NXT I only cared about the main event so that's my that's my overall review of the show um I think the phrase again was incredibly inconsequential in comparison just, just watch aW this week and watch the main event because it was a good ladder match unless like me you like another ladder match <laughs> like, really it was it was good and he got you, it did a really good job of getting you amped for war games it's just like yeah I can understand it's a another ladder match we just saw one last week TLC the, the TLC with uh, tables ladders and scares that was it we did that the week before or a, couple, a few weeks before so I because I, I felt some fatigue and after the match, I was like, I enjoyed it, but I never want to see it again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I do like ladder matches. It's just there's been a lot of them in this short period. I don't need a break. <laughs> anyway, a uh, quick sip out of my Game of Thrones mug, which is not as topical as my New Day mug. Mm-hmm. Forgot to read as I was thinking of my next segment. Nice gag. and Means the the gag's dead now. (laughs) I guess I did that. Uh, Damien Priest and Leon Ruff versus Legado de Fantasma, Escobar and Mendoza opened the show this week. Johnny Gargano on commentary in his bright white blazer. And Priest has an invested interest in making sure the North American Championship uh, makes it to take over. Ruff was essentially set for a Cruiserweight tag match before the big lad inserted himself just to bloody make sure. Um... Johnny Gargano, just with the statement of I can't believe a fan dressed up as a ghost face. That's so cool. And the commentary just, ba- just hammering it at home. is like, ah, yes. What a coincidence, eh, Johnny? What a coincidence there's those ghost faces in the crowd behind you. I'm sure you know nothing about that. <laughs> so that again, that felt like a building block dynamic for something to happen at TakeOver. Uh, the lucha baddies got in there beating on rough before getting tossed around by the tall man. Uh, to be fair, Leon held his own but Priest made easy work of the smaller lads. In the end, Priest signalled for the Reckoning. Ruff misread the outstretched hand as a tag as he just went, I'm going to do the Reckoning. <laughs> but, you know, not as childish or camp. <laughs> so we like that and Leon Ruff tagged in thinking it was a outstretched hand for a tag. Uh, but if anything, it just helped to lead to the finish. Damian swinging Mendoza, uh, Mendoza round first anyway, before the NA champion flew in with a frog splash for the win. Johnny from the commentary booth shouting at the two, with uh, two ghost-faced peeps in the crowd behind him. So yeah, a... I don't know, I wouldn't say this did anything to get me amps for the North American Championship match. It continued the story they're going with. But I wouldn't say I'm excited for the match. It doesn't mean it won't be good. Because I don't know, it depends how much comedy they put in there. But it feels like this could be a great dynamic with Leon Ruff like, properly proving himself, as long as they, you know... That story they're going with. I trust NXT. To, if if they were the main roster doing this story, I would not trust <laughs> Leon Ruff to get any form of positive rub out of this. I was like, yeah, we essentially made a joke out of it. If he retains, it's out of a comedy bit. But here, this is like in NXT. I totally trust them to show he's got heart and stuff, and make him like have him not give up. Well, just, he's more difficult to put away than they expected, uh, or it wasn't a fluke. That's what I. He doesn't have to win, but he can get that across by him competing so strongly. That's what I personally do, and I do trust NXT to do that. But is it the same NXT now that we're talking about? Is this generation of NXT as trustworthy as has happened in the past? We'll find out. <laughs> we're truly into the NXT TV era. We'll see how trusted they can be in the future. But right now, I'm going in positively. Doesn't mean I care for takeover. I guess I'll throw in a prediction as well. I don't know. Johnny Gargano wins it. Steals it back. Because of the ghost faces. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> After this, we've got a series of video stuff. Promote, just to really hammer home, this is a go home show, so quite a few VTRs. Uh, Undisputed Era have the first VTR of the night. The gang go out to eat, dressed all dapper in their suits, and they reminisce over their great era of NXT, how difficult recent times have been, and how they're going to snatch them back up War Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, immediately my only thought as an English misgu- just Englishman was watching that going, Are you at a packed restaurant? Now? <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's like, I know that the Kevin rules are a bit uh, more relaxed in certain states in America, but Are you really at a packed restaurant? <laughs> So yeah, is that the story you're telling here? Anyway, Candice and friends were then interviewed backstage. They were confident that going into War Games, and they put over Raquel Gonzalez, who said that she's going to run over Shotzi in there. Who gets the advantage for War Games match? Uh, she did not. <laughs> August Gray versus Cameron Grimes in my first of two matches. I've just zoned out of. Uh, Grimes gets a showcase before War Games. Uh, Grames? Oh, that works. War Gray, because it's Gray versus Grimes, so it's War <laughs> Right now, Gray brought some offence, but this was essentially your standard NXT jobber match. Make the takeover fella feel like a tad stronger. In the end, spinning August down into a side slam before closing up shop with the cave in double stomp. First time I've reviewed a Cameron Grimes match and remembered the double stomp's called the cave in. <laughs> I'm getting better. Post match, the southern man attacked with the leather strap. Like he's giving a wee overly confident message to Dexter Loomis before getting scared out of his skin by the man himself who just stares at him in the ring. Cameron Grimes does all of the overacting to compensate for the man's nothing acting. Which, again, that's the dynamic of their characters. I'm not... That was I sounded a bit like I was ripping on it. Not really. I'm just not into the feud. <laughs> it's a, yes, that wasn't a negative. I was I just said it in a negative way. So, yeah. Don't care. <laughs> it's the be, best way to put it. I just... I've not been into the feud like, at all. They've not won me over. I'm not excited for it in the slightest. So, yeah. But, obviously, I don't know if some fans are, but definitely people at NXT are. They're fully behind it and excited for it. I, don't, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jake Atlas versus Tony Nice, Atlas with a stronger showing after being used as an enhancement talent recently. I think he snagged a win or two, but he still essentially felt like he'd been in that role. Like he's fallen quite a tad since his Cruiserweight clash with Escobar. Although, you know the importance of a match when they cut to a side-by-side for the arrival of bigger talents. Ah, yes. Yes, I shouldn't be caring too much about this. Shifting to picture-in-picture for Pat McAfee and his merry men's arrival... Atlas seemed in control in the match until Nice snatched it from him, but became frustrated with Jake kicking out and gave the lad an immediate swing back in, staggering Nice with a stunner thing before ending with that awesome cartwheel DDT. Still, sad they still sad they got rid of the LGB DDT name. Such a good name. <laughs> uh, post match, yeah, that, that's that really. Jake get he got so post match. He had a little wee little interview. Atlas stated his intentions for Escobar's cruiserweight championship. So yeah. That was that match. I guess it gave Atlas direction after the match, but this coming after the Grimes match, I genuinely struggled to care. <laughs> this is after watching such a tight episode of AW. This this match here, I didn't really. That's two segments in a row. Did not care, which might have even made up the first hour because I think Pat kicked off the second hour. Maybe I'm a bit off there. Yeah. Anyway. Pat completely ripped into Undisputed Era's night out video. Next up, as it was the Merry Men in the house, as I've written it, because <laughs> I'm a weird person. Pat completely ripped into them, calling them like just calling them out for their rented tuxedos. Uh, them reminiscing about the past, brother, uh, puts over his own men. So puts over Pete Dunne as a main event champion as it, with his incredible NXT UK run, and Birch and Lorcan as main eventers themselves, finally getting their time to show it. No fear of Undisputed Era going into this Sunday. They're going to make a statement for the NXT fans on Sunday with those lads. Uh, and also this Sunday, the end, the Undisputed Era. Good for you. And that was it. Paps Music hits and off walk. So no like physical clash going into it. We got that last week. This was explaining um, their I guess, emotional stuff before then going into it. Again, this is, I feel like I wouldn't have felt as down on that if the rest of the episode had been a bit more lively because it came after as in this was the thing to t- pull me back in and it was a oh it's fine it did a, it did its job it felt like that segment where i didn't, again i didn't get hyped for war games i thought ah, oh, it did its job so, yeah <laughs> which is a shame i guess uh, after that we got i i'm actually really positive on this next stuff jaya lee and bo's adventures continues <laughs> The, uh, this week, the old man making the two dunk themselves in a tub in a dark room over and over and over uh, bowing before the hooded lass and uh, then they get whacked over the back with kendo sticks. I really like where this is, I think it's because of the, it's really recently these backs, these video packages for NXT have really kicked up in terms of production. I think I said it before, quite often you'll see like technology of things used in NXT before the main roster as they're testing stuff out see how it works. And personally, if the main roster kind of character video packages are like these in the future, that's a lot of positives because these are great. <laughs> they're fantastic. They're really good. Uh, closer credit to Lucha Underground in to influence as well, that with the way that this the giant and is carrying out. Still, no idea who the hooded lass is, <laughs> but I uh, yeah. These past two weeks, immediately I've been won over. Of course, we'll wait and see because they're still keeping a lot of it shrouded in secrecy. So, once they unveil stuff, does it come across? Is it too corny? Is it a bit? Uh, is it a bit weird? Or like Lucha Underground, do they get that balance like just right? Because for me, that was one of Lucha Underground's like best achievements was that balancing act between the serious caring about the wrestling and the supernatural stuff. And if this dabbles in weird, <laughs> then I'm fine with that because uh, it can be pulled off. That's what LU taught me. So, yeah, am calling it LU, like the cool kids. What's wrong with me? Sip of tea. Mm. That's lukewarm. <laughs> grizzled young veterans versus Imperium. It's a grizzled young veteran segment, so of course I was positive on it. Uh, first positive tick: uh, Liverpool-style scarves with the grizzled young veteran-like logos and things on it. Oh, that—that that was great. I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Get in, lads. <laughs> That's fantastic." Uh, although uh, the match never starts with the, the match with Everise, as they ended up facing Imperium because Bart- Bartel and Eichner attacked the opponents and set up a completely new match. A much tougher return challenge for the former NXT UK Tag Champions right upon us then. Uh, some nice back and forth, both teams showing why they talk as strongly as they do, but with a literal non-finish, there's not much to delve into aside that. Gibson and Bartel both toppled to the outside before the ad As the referee separated them, came back from the break for a little bit more action until ever came in and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Pulled them off the apron And you know, in a bit of a kerfuffle Of DQ and then everybody are skedaddling <laughs> So yeah, that's that And yeah, did, I, I can't remember Did that happen during the ad break? I remember I've made a note of um, I'm sorry what but I can't remember what on <laughs> So maybe that Maybe it happened in the ad break and I was just a bit confused, I can't remember I don't know if I'm forgetting something there It was pictured on WWE.com so like I Definitely watched it, it definitely happened because in post I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I could cannot remember that. Like me uh, and this leads us into a final segment of the show, which means once again this NXT review hits a nice, tidy 35 minutes or so by the time I've read through this and finished it off. Uh, Thatch as Thatch Can live session. Timothy Thatcher's teaching this week about distractions. Vesselers lose to distractions all the time, he says. So tonight he'll show us how to deal with distraction directly. Feeding off of Champa last week, and like, oh, was, yes, <laughs> character stuff, where he getting himself over as, oh, I'm going to teach you how to not get distracted. When last week he got distracted, it was like, yeah, yes, great heel stuff. I love that. Uh, directly feeding off the Champa stuff, and uh, speaking of, when Thatcher turned round after giving that quick introduction to, directly to the camera, Champa was behind him. The man himself was right there. Uh, Thatcher tried to pretend to walk away and to trick into taking down Champa, but the former NXT Champion is way too wise for that. Instead, the help of his students turned the tide uh, Thatcher's way again. Uh, nice little touch having the student do that. Uh, launching Tommaso into the ringside crowd caged before choking the man out in the ring. Uh, after the ad break, Timothy was pleased, like, a student like showing that they can learn like that. And he, he's banging on about how he's going to teach Champa some respect. Personally, this is a, when it started. I was like, "This is pretty low key for Champa." Don't really know if I care that much. But now I feel like it's starting to elevate Thatcher a bit. This was the week that did it. It was. It was kind. Of, I was kind of like, "Why would Champa care about this guy for weeks?" But this finally, this week, I felt like I got it uh, purely because of uh, Champa's promos. It all clicked like this week. Seeing Champa interfere in the lesson, like Champa talking about how the locker room kind of is in NXT right now and how he's going to change that, and Timothy Thatcher preaching himself as a teacher for others to follow, and teacher and uh, Champa standing up to that teacher—it suddenly all clicked. It's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and uh, another praise to NXT where it's been like a slow build in a way, where they've finally got to their point this week. I felt like. I mean, it wasn't subtle, I just didn't grab it. <laughs> In terms of a why should I care about these two going against each other, this week was like, oh get it now, yeah, I'm up for that. Mm. Just like I am shaving my beard. <laughs> it's way too long, I need to trim this. Uh, anyway, so that was the fi- That was the final thing I got to talk about this week. Thatcher and Champa. I thought it was a solid piece. But again, none of the show aside from the main event really made me care about war games. And when I finished the show, I I, I immediately was just like, in terms of like excitedness and being out for something, I just don't, I'm not, (laughs) I don't feel like staying up till 5, 6am to cover war games just because I don't have really any excitement for it. Personally, (laughs) like watching the next day type of thing, maybe covering it uh, with somebody else at some point, maybe, but yeah, it's an odd one. I don't think this jo- show did a very good job of making me care about war games. It made me care about the women's division as a whole and care about their stuff at war games. But yeah, it still feels like they—they they never, in terms of getting to war games, for me, they never got out of the building block stage. Because uh, for weeks, I was saying, I'm not really going to rip into NXT purely because it feels like they were doing building blocks and slowly getting to their point. And, I've never, and that is the stuff which you then reap further down the line. Not every single week of television has to be exhilarating and com- just absolutely adrenaline pumping the entire time. You can take some weeks to place building blocks to then get to that point. And that felt like NXT never got out of that gear going into uh, the build to war games. I don't know if Halloween Havoc they built Halloween Havoc then there just wasn't enough time after that special. So as a fan the, like, the specials that they're doing, because uh, AW did Winter is coming this week, and we've had, had Halloween Havoc as well, and The Great American Bash. When those shows roll all about, as a fan, we get some amazing content. <laughs> be, it AW, be it NXT, when they do those special shows, they are incredibly fun to watch. But I feel like Halloween Havoc might have hurt war games, because I just don't care <laughs> about war games. I was genuinely excited for Halloween Havoc, thought they did a great job. I've just not been excited for war games like at all. So yeah, maybe AEW putting on such a strong show just taking the wind out of their sails. But yeah, it's an odd one. But yes, my summarisation for this week is incredibly inconsequential in comparison. For the, I said that three times now. I just yeah, it was fine. The main event was great, but it was yet another ladder match, and we've had a dose of them recently. So um, I wouldn't say you're particularly missing loads, but. The, it Once again helped the women's division feel badass Which is, is great to see once again So That's all I've got to say <laughs> Yeah so I will be Back on So I don't think there will be An aftershock for NXT Just in terms of you know, managing December fatigue I don't think I am able to do it <laughs> But we'll see what kind of coverage there is. There'll be columns on uh, WrestlingHeadlines.net as anyway. A uh, likelihood is Hustle will be posting a Hustle uh, immediate post as he normally does. So that'll likely be up. And the currently, I would say the uh, main page writers group for Wrestling Headlines, where we're talking. I say group. It's the direct message thing that. Uh, yeah, that, that's just purely excited about AEW. Like, you wouldn't even know War Games is happening <laughs> if you were in the main. Just so ec- ecstatic about what happened on AEW yesterday that NXT's just fall to the background in the chat. And I, was, I even put in there, as like, I was watching the show and I just felt, it's just like, so inconsequential. <laughs> just nothing massive happening. It was the final show before the big thing where those big things will happen because it's a takeover, it's War Games. But it feels extremely low key. I, think. I don't know if a part of it was AEW I don't know if part of it was them not really getting out of that building block stage Or if there's a lot of matches on there I just don't really care about And that's a main roster issue Where I feel like right now The main roster is killing it with their main events On both Smackdown and Raw Both champions feel legit Both divisions feel fantastic Mid cards however Feel completely throw away and a waste of time That's my That's my personal feeling And that's what NXT felt like this week Main events bloody nailed it Especially the women, the mid card, don't care. <laughs> Not one I, uh, and for me, watching AW when I cared about every single segment, that's just a massive kind of. For me, that's a massive point I'm uh, bringing up there. It's it's a WWE show booking trope. Uh, well, to be fair, I say trope. But yeah, it's a trope because even in the actual day at their height, the they were slaying it in the main events, whilst WCW were the reverse of the main events. Might be a bit, uh, but. The mid card, oh, he got some fantastic stuff. (laughs) He got the cruiserweights, got some really strong US title action. Uh, Then he gets Sting Hogan. uh, (laughs) But NXT feels a bit like WWE going back to their ways when AEW is showing you the whole show can be solid. You don't need to make some things fine to then not overshadow the main event. I feel like it's a big influence on the indie scene because the indie scene has been criticised in the past and I know I'm going on an end of show tangent that's got nothing, not really much to do with NXT uh it links back relatively well but it's the indie thing where like it they were off the shows were often criticized for every match trying to outdo the other whilst well, I also feel like AEW's hit a nice string of being able to build the show uh, I like, card orders I like, and the production side is a massive part of it Or uh, for say production I mean producing side side like, like it's a massive part of it but when you watch the show, it's like, yeah, that built great. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I am going to end this show, drink my lukewarm tea, and go to bed. Get ready for December. Lots of writing, lots of random stuff. It's the end of year, period. And everyone's ex- everyone in my wrestling world is extremely excited because of what AW's done. Yeah, but with NXT, WarGames is this Sunday. Don't know if I'll be covering it. If I am covering it, obviously, I'll be... Maybe something about like Aftershocks, maybe something the day after, or something. And uh, But for definite, I'll be here again on Tuesday for the Raw review, and next Thursday for the NXT review. The uh, notice we'll put out there is the week of Christmas. So I'll, do, I'll be doing Aftershock for TLC. Then I've got four days to recover <laughs> before it's Christmas. And those four days normally where I am are pretty hectic with a lot of stuff going on. So... We'll see how that goes, but the week leading up to Christmas and the week of Christmas, so it'll be a two-week period. That there will be no reviews. Uh, I'll be back in the new year to do that stuff, and in that same period as well, is obviously Vessel Kingdom. So uh, the big return will either be Raw or Vessel Kingdom, depending on how the days line up. <laughs> Technically, I think the first one might be an NXT show. So I think the big return might be Vessel Kingdom, just the way that the weeks line up. Either that or the first NXT of the year. Anyway, that's the end of that. Anyway, yes, incredibly inconsequential in comparison. I will be back. Follow me on Twitter at the Dam Implicat. Again, I've been streaming on Twitch at the Implications with two S's, and Wrestling Headlines are also on Twitter at WrestleHeadlines. Headlines. If you want to go there, <coughs> all the links are in the description to check everything else out. And I keep forgetting to put the uh, donate link to the red circle thing. Keep forgetting to put it there, but it does exist. Uh, again, I'm, I'm so I'm way too. I don't push that anywhere near enough, it's, I just, it's so in the background, you have to click through like three different links to, to get to it, make it a bit easier, <laughs> Anyway, I'll be back next week, so with that I bid you adieu, get my tea, get my cold, lukewarm tea, which I'm going to enjoy. With that, I bid you adieu, adios. Ten.